0: A day of worry, this is the nugget, a day of worry is more exhausting than a week of work. One more time. A day of worry is more exhausting than a week of work. That is so true. Um, when we worry, just it just goes on and on. It just seems like... Um, We can't get get out from under it. But thank God we can. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Lord. That's, uh, thank God for this day. Um, Father, we're asking you once again, Father God, as we look to your word, We thank you, Lord, that uh, we receive this word with all gladness. And Father God, as we receive this word, Father God, I thank you, Lord. uh, The precepts will continue to build up, Father God, as uh, we become more mature, Father God, in your ways. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. The question is, how does God intend for us to live how does God intend for us to live well let's go to Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Well, you see, that again, it seems like we've been hitting this Romans 12, 1 and 2 a lot. It's important, Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's important. It becomes one of the most essential investments in your life. After you have been born again. When God changes someone, He changes the way they think, or you think. God changes your thought processes, or should change your thought processes. Why? Because your thought life will control the rest of your life. Your thought life will control the rest of your life. Your thought life is important. So important that King Solomon told his son to guard his heart. So let's go to the book of Proverbs real quick. And we'll see what how Solomon puts it. That's Proverbs chapter 4. Solomon's speaking to us and he says, this is important. Your thought life. That's... Um, Proverbs chapter 4, looking at verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to read from the Amplified. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it will flow the springs of life. Hallelujah, glory to God. So Solomon told his son to guard his heart. Well, in the natural, how is your heart guard, guarded? You've got a rib cage, it, it surrounds your heart, it prevents anything from coming that's outside from attacking your heart. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. You got, you got something guarding your heart, which is vital. Your heart is vital to your life. And if something injures that heart or, or penetrates your ribcage and hits the heart, things can get bad. Amen? Again, your heart in the natural is guarded by a ribcage. It has full protection, glory, with the exception of something internal attacking your heart. Something internal attacking your heart. The enemy attacks our heart internally. Now I'm talking about the spirit, the man. Internally. You allow the enemy to attack your heart. How? Let's go to, since we're in Proverbs, go to Proverbs chapter 23. How does the enemy attack our hearts? Proverbs chapter 23, looking at verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Wow. From the Amplified, it says, uh, that's Proverbs 23, verse 7 from the Amplified. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And and as one who reckons, he says to you, eat and drink. Yet his heart is not with you. So within, it's within that the the enemy attacks, within. If he get into your heart, your mind he begins to destroy. Your thoughts, positive, negative, good or bad, will control your attitude. Your attitudes are the sum total of your thoughts. And your attitudes will lead you to your actions. You know, if you have a good attitude, you got good actions. If you have a bad attitude, you got some bad actions. Uh, someone once said, sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. So it goes from line upon line, precept upon precept, like we spoke last week. If the enemy gets in there, he'll build up into your heart. Wrong things. Is that why we need to protect our heart? Before you can do anything, you have to think. Or you know, sometimes we sometimes we um, we speak before we think, and we <laughs> and we often put our put our oops yeah well wow. we put our foot in our mouth if we don't think before we speak. You know, sometimes we say some some stupid things. Um, your achievements will be the sum of your total thought life. Your t- achievements will be the sum of your thought lives. What have you achieved lately? Think about it. If you have achieved something great, that means your thought life is moving in the right direction. If you're tumbling downward, your thought life has been... In control of the enemy because he wants to pull you down, not lift you up. So, if, if we're having some great achievements in our life, we know that we're doing something right with God, through God. Amen. Negative thoughts will eventually lead, lead to some d- destruction. So, let's all, all the way back, go back to the book of Genesis, chapter 6. Wickedness. Having having our thought life go bad will bring destruction. Let's look at this. In Genesis chapter 6 looking at verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So we we go back. If we follow through on the Negative side, it says we will continually fall. And if we read further on, the flood, Noah had to build an ark for the saving of his, he and his family, for the rest of the world was, what, only evil continually. Wow. So we can't let our heart be attacked within. Glory to God, hallelujah. It's, impo- it's important that we learn how to keep our hearts protected. When God is in our heart, we will think right, we will live right, and do right. When God is absent from the, our life, we compromise. Think about it. How many times have you compromised something? Nobody's willing to raise their hand. (laughs) But, you know, when we compromise something, we begin to think wrong. We do wrong, and we live wrong. So compromise is not what we need to do. We need to keep established in God's Word. The enemy will use all sorts of weapons to attack us, our hearts, mainly through disappointments, discouragement, and disillusionments in order that we would surrender the word out of our heart. He'll you know, pull that word out of your heart with all his cunning trickery. You know, you can say, well, I remember, I remember that. This is what God's word says, but it's not working. Why? Because the enemy has pulled that word out of your heart and you're not sure about that word any longer. So we got to guard our hearts, just as Solomon told his son. Guard our hearts. The heart is extremely valuable. Glory to God. And when something is valuable, you guard it. You go to the bank. And what do you find in the bank? they they got a big vault in there to guard your money, to keep your money safe. You only guard something that is precious to you. Uh, I'll just use a simple illust- illustration. Um, you get a, a cat or a dog, uh, especially the mom, and something, and they have puppies or kittens, and something is coming to, get, coming to get one of those kittens or the puppy. What does that mama dog do? I mean... Fangs are shown and if it's, uh, nails are coming out, they are to guard that precious life. We need to guard our hearts the same way because the enemy is trying to pull the word out of you, out of us. So the word of God should be the, our core belief system. It should be right in the middle of our heart all, at all times. Glory to God. So, with that thought, let's go to the book of Matthew, real quick. In Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew chapter 12, looking at verse 34. We'll read the whole thing, but it's the latter part that we want to look at. That's Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Oh, Jesus is speaking, oh generation of vipers! How can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the out of the abundance of the how mouth, let <laughs> me read that again. We're going too fast. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. It's what we have in our heart. So what have we been speaking? Or what have you been speaking lately? Doubt and unbelief. I don't know if it can do it. It's, you know, it's up to God. It's up to God to, to change things. No, it's not. He said, ask, and it shall be given. What have you asked? Oh, Lord, things are going bad. The, devil, the devil's on, on me, you know, follow me all around. That's not what, you, what you've been told. You're made to be more than conquer. Guard your heart. Okay. Verse 35, a good man out of the the good treasure of heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Wow. So what have we been speaking lately? What have you been seeing? Have you seen your words come to pass lately? Things are getting bad. I don't know how this happened. I don't know what's wrong with that person. What's your words? You're supposed to bless people. We're supposed to bless ourselves. You can't bless somebody unless you are blessed. Yeah. Example: How many's ever gone, gone to the? Uh, well, we all have gone to the grocery store, and how many's ever seen a, a peddler out there? And they come up to you and say, "Do you have some loose change? Do you bless them?" Whoa, think about it. How are you blessing people when you have the opportunity to? Well, if you're going in the store, you can't give them anything going in your cart. Well, we need to bless people. And say, I give give this to you in the name of Jesus. Be blessed. Wow. You know, just that thought. You know, if even if they're you know, panhandling and not, they've got money on the side. You're opening up to them a new thought. Because most people say, okay, just take it, you know, or they give it to them. But if you say, be blessed, have it multiply. It gives them a thought to think about. It's placing something good in their heart. Amen? Glory to God. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Make the word of God a priority. In your life. Above all things, it says. Above all things. We must be careful what comes into our mind. So go to Psalms 119. Psalms 119. In Psalms 119. Looking or beginning in verse 9. That's Psalms 119, verse 9. Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto, according to the word. It's according to the word to guard our hearts. With my whole heart I have sought after thee. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy words have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Bless thou Blessed art thou, O Lord, that teaches me thy statutes or thy word. With my lips I have declared all judgments of my thy mouth. Glory to God. We sang a song this morning. From my lips, God has ordained praise. God ordered praise out of us. Are we doing it? Even in in the temptation, are you doing it? Thank you, Lord, I can overcome. Not, thank you, Lord, I'm I'm sinking. No, thank you, Lord, I'm able to overcome. And I praise you for it. Don't go on the negative side. Go on the positive side. Amen. Amen. Verse 24, same, 119. Thy testimonies are my delight and my counselors. The word governs our speech. Oh, glory to God. Verse 25, my soul cleaveth unto dust. Quicken me according to thy word. Give me insight according to your word, Lord. Oh, glory to God. Verse 27, perfect. Make me to understand the ways of thy precepts, or thy word, so I shall talk of thy wondrous works. Give us proper speech, give us insight, and now guide us through your word. We need to walk in the word. We need to store up God's word in our life, that core, our heart. Go to Hebrews. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Glory to God. In Hebrews chapter 4, in Hebrews chapter 4, we read verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit, and the joints and marrow, and a discerner of, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. From the Amplified, we'll read. For the word of God speaks, it is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than a two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul, and the immortal spirit. Joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and shifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts, and purposes of the heart. Praise God. As we store up God's Word, <coughs> pardon me. it has an impact on everything we do. The Word impacts anything you do. So we need to follow through on what the God, uh, God's Word says. It's therefore imperative that we guard it Don't let that word slip. Keep it guarded. If your heart is unhealthy, it threatens everything. Your life, your family, your friends, your career. Life is brutal. Natural life is brutal. The outside world is brutal. But thank God, we have the word that lifts us up. Glory to God, hell you. In times of ad- adversity and temptation, a healthy heart leads you to survival in temptation. Now an adverse adversity. A healthy heart is essential for your survival, my survival. Boy. If we look at the example of Jesus, let's turn to Mark. Chapter 1. In Mark chapter 1, let's look at what what happens in Jesus' life. We can learn something from Jesus here about our heart. That's Mark chapter 1, looking at verse 35. And in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and they're prayed. Oh glory to God. We need a quiet time with the Lord. Your quiet time not only praying, we need to bring forth the word, read the word, get instruction for spiritual for a spiritual awakening. We need to practice Quietness, because it becomes a disciplined lifestyle, uh, becoming the Lord, uh, becoming like the Lord. Um, in our prayer, number one, it becomes a time to reflect. Don't you think when Jesus went out to pray... He kind of reflected to what was going on the past day. What was, going to go, what was going to take place. He paused to evaluate things. Maybe I should have did a little bit better this way. Or I should have did that. Or whatever the Holy Spirit would lead him. He had to evaluate what he's been told. And to possibly get a new perspective on certain things. So that's what that quiet time is. It's time to reflect. Two. Quiet time means a time of rest, a disciplined rest. Oh, here we go. Someone's going to get our feet squashed. This requires deliberate choices. Deliberate choices. OK, you got your seatbelts on. You got the sto- uh, steel cap toes, because this one Time of rest. Determine, remember I said this is acquired deliberate choices. Determine to get enough sleep every night. Don't try to get by on three hours or whatever. You need to determine to get your rest. Two, just in this this area, this time frame, time of rest. Decide to rest at least one full day out of seven. Some of us are pushing that. We're going 15 days, and well, you know, I'll get. No, you need out of seven days, one of those days has got to be a day of rest. God made what? A week. And He created the, the world in six days, and what did He do on the seventh day? He rested. And what are you doing? Some of you are laughing. Seven days a week, God gave you a provision. One day out of seven, you need to rest because your body needs it. Oh, what about, a, what, we're still talking about resting time. How about this one? How about scheduling something like a vacation and follow through on it? Well, you know, Well, you know, I can't do this because something came up at work. I can't go on vacation now. That's not what it says. Schedule a vacation and do it. Don't follow the world's system, OK? This is the hard one. Are you ready for this? I'm going to shock you all. Resting. We're talking about resting, evaluating re- resting. Fasting. Oh, 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 fasting. Yeah, fasting. Give your body a break from its appetites. Give your body a break from its appetites. Fasting is to kickstart your spiritual awareness and sensitivity. The more you fast, the greater your inner man is able to hear from God. But if you're not fasting, you're just, you know, uh, you're just uh, fulfilling the desires of your body to eat. Oh well, you know. Hello. Wow. So how many? How many have been fasting? How many have fasted late? The last month? How many days did you fast? The last two months? Boy, we're good. Good. Three months. Nine months ago we were called on a fast. I will I will fall back into that same thing. I have forgot about that. Each of us, we need to fast. You want to get spiritually awakened? Start fasting. Some of us are gonna to have to fast a couple of days before we even wake up to the spirit. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. Third thing to avoid heart failure, we need to be disciplined in the realm of recreation, recreation. Find Activities that involve an opportunity to express your creativity. I mean, does it go into work and figure out something else? No. This is a recreation. If you like painting, get out there and paint or draw or whatever. If you like shooting the camera or taking photos, go out there and do it. Something that, that just opens you up, something that you really enjoy and you haven't done it for a while. You need to have some form of recre- recreation. A total, de- this means a total detachment from your work. Sh- uh, shift your focus to relax and enjoy life's pleasures. Maybe it's just going out to the, to the beach or, and looking at the waves crash. You know, that's, you know that's something. Forget about work. Be relaxed. Whatever the activity might be, it might not seem urgent to you, but it's totally and vitally important to activate your creativity. Because when you have creativity on on the outside, you can bring that creativity back to the job and things will be running much smoother because you'll see things differently. Because you have jump-started your creativity doing something else. And you can bring that same amount of energy into your new into your job. Okay. Number four. I discipline ourselves in relationships. Whoa. We have to have intentional authentic relationships. That means taking quality time. For family members and friends. Invest in those lives that you love. Invest something in the the lives you love. Right relationships opens up a world of learning. Encouragement and becomes a means of accountability. Relationships. A new heart is a delight to the Lord. A guarded heart is a delight to the Lord. Now, we've just looked at four different things. I'm going to ask you a question and you write it down, write down the answer on your paper. Which of those things that we just mentioned is most important to you in nurturing your heart? What have you lacked? Or maybe all four is going to just kind of spring up in front of you. Which one of those things is going to most be beneficial to you? I, for one, I know which one it was. I talked about fasting 11 months ago. i got to get back on, the, back on course to have, have my spiritual self awaken. No, just write, write it down because you know what it is. I just told you what i got to do. I'm not fasting today though. <laughs> okay. God has a plan for your life. His plans is that you walk in excellence health in excellence of health, followed after wisdom and increase in wealth. God has a plan that you walk in excellence, excellent health. Followed after wisdom and increasing in wealth. All this begins as you enrich yourself in the word of God and guard your heart. Okay. Our primary focus must be on God's word. Again, from our lips, God has offered praise. The key after we have established God's word in our life is to guard and protect it. For out of it flow the issues of life. We looked at that. Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. So we need to give thanks. We we sang. We give thanks to the Lord that we're so blessed. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We are moving quickly here. All right. So we go to quiz time. Are you ready? Anybody got anybody have some answers on this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the, the question that I asked if I got the right one. Let's see how many got it. <laughs> well. Okay, and what 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 chapter Okay. And who was the prophet? Elisha told Go ahead. Joash. And only did he down okay, so the main reason to shoot the arrow towards the east east. And the prophet had his hands on, on the, the king's hands, and he, they shot the arrow out the, out the window. And then he took the remaining of the, the arrows, and he said, strike the ground with it. And he struck it one, two, three. He says, you should have struck it, why? Well, if you, you, you strike, he says, if you would have struck, struck the arrows more times, you bring more defeat to the enemy. He gave, he gave the enemy a chance to recoup after three times. He says, you goofed up. All right. Okay. Very good. Okay. Anybody else have something else? Did somebody else find something else in there? I have a question. Oh, I don't know if I can get it, but okay. You have a question. The question is... okay maybe to, maybe well may okay okay to, like, <laughs> the Syrian army is all around him, and apparently he had a small Joash had a small contingency to fight, and his army was a lot smaller, so he just struck it, one, two, three you you kind of disperse the enemy, but then after the, the enemy gets back there and says, okay, we're going to go get him now, real bad, and they rushed in and. So he says, if you want to destroy the enemy, just beat that thing, and, and you scatter the enemy, where he's not going to attack you anymore. Uh, who knew that there were six nations that were coming against him, that he only struck the arrow three times. He should have started six times. Oh, oh. Or better. So, okay, glory to God. Yeah, so it you know it just all depends. But you've got to be obedient the voice of God. his own True, true, good. Good answers, all good answers. Okay, are you ready for the next one? Next week's quiz. Who was Haman? Who was Haman? I know. What did Mordecai do that King Saul failed to do? What did Mordecai do that King Saul failed to do? You'll find that the question and answers in the book. Shall I just give you the book and you read it all? Okay. It's a short book. It's the book of Esther. Okay. Esther. Esther. Okay. <laughs> so who was Haman? And uh, there You'll find something quite interesting in this one also. Haman and Mordecai. And the book of Esther. You'll find the, the answer somewhere in the book of Esther. What, 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 um, the who they are? Who they are. Okay, who was Haman? And what did Mordecai do that King Saul failed to do? Okay. So, there you go. Glory to God. Anybody need prayer this morning? Other than those that have to reestablish the four things that uh, we kind of let slide by. Okay, let's. I'll stand. We'll we'll just. Yeah, we got a little bit early. You Okay, good. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that we saw that we need to guard our heart. And thank you, Lord, that uh, with these these thoughts, Father God, uh, I thank you, Lord, that uh, we can renew, Father God, those areas, Father God, that uh, we have fallen down in. And, Father God, once again, establish them, Father God, uh, that our heart be strong, Father God, and guarded. So, Father, we praise you. We just give thank. We thank you, Lord, also that this fellowship and this food, Father, God will be a blessing to all of us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "Amen." Amen. Amen.